When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Yeah, it's your weekly money show again. It's time. It is time. We we know you'd rather not, but it is time to talk about money. You don't do it very often. It's not like you spend all week talking about money. You do spend all week dealing with money, though. If you have a job or if you spend anything or hopefully you save something or invest it. But we're here to try to make it all make more sense for you. I'm Don McDonald. Over there's Tom Cock in smoky Seattle. <laughs> and our phone Literally number. breathe deep the gathering gloom. I mean, wow, it is really something. Whew. Our phone number is 855-935-TALK. <laughs> He's just going to die right here on the show. 855-935-8255. Now, we know, we know, having done this for a while and just knowing human nature, what do what does everybody or almost everybody lots and lots of people there are a few who don't lots and lots of people want to be wealthy they want to get rich and if they could they'd get rich quick but we do believe that you can get rich we 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 honestly believe it but it requires some work on your part right tom yeah what is what is the number what What's today the, to 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 is the number thank you thank you thank you very much no the number to be considered rich how much money do you have to have it's apparently more than i have um no really well yeah isn't it like i don't know i see it seems like a million isn't rich anymore I was just going to ask two, Google, but two seems, I'm out of the room. Oh, wait, you don't know what the answer is? I don't know the answer to oh, that. I no, see, I do now, not. I thought that was one of those questions where you're going, Ah, you thought I was setting it up. Okay, oh, no, okay. I, I literally uh, don't know. I do know three rules to getting rich slowly. Yeah, if that's well, what, that's what I was asking. I said you can get rich slowly, <laughs> and you have to and do nice some setup. things. I set you up In, a lot better than oh, you set me I, up. That goes without saying. Right. Uh, okay, let's talk <laughs> I was just throwing that out there because I thought that was a number you would know right off the uh, top. Let's see. You know. Most Americans, this is according to Kiplinger, Kiplinger's yeah. three days ago. Three Ooh, days ago. Recent. Okay. Well, the, um, the average American, according to the Modern Wealth Survey from Schwab, believes that $1.9 million in net worth qualifies you as wealthy. So and that's that's house yeah it's investments yeah. savings everything okay. yeah I'm below right. that I'm below that you're above it I know you are I'm Stop below it. it we're not gonna do that you're the rich now. guy that I'm the poor guy I yeah uh, Tom is rich it never ends but you know what I have to tell you Tom did get rich slowly it took him for bloody <laughs> ever slow. to do it well and there, I had a lot of money once and then a, I gave it all away and then I started of, over again there's so, a lot yeah. of suffering hmm. along the way. 
Yeah, there was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so three rules to getting rich yeah, slowly. What are all, those rules? I'll don't get divorced and give it all away. That's rule number one. No, I'm kidding, yeah. but that should be rule number one. That's rule, um, that's rule, um, that's rule uh, 0.1. That's 1A. 1A, thank you. 1B is, and I love this one, focus on one thing at a time. Focus on one woman at a time, one marriage focus at a time. On one, one skill one at time. a time. Oh, one well, skill. that's another whole skill that I have not mastered, as you know. So what does that mean? Uh, what do, wait, before you go on well, to two, what does that mean to you? Yeah. You know that people who end up with more end up focused. They've picked something. They've picked a profession. They've picked a business. They've picked something, and they've mastered it. They don't do a lot of things. They do one. They learn it well. And one of those focuses, by the way, we run into people, young people all the time. I love this, who focus on saving and focus on investing. We talk to 30-year-olds all the time. We dig into this. They read and they get they follow podcasts. They, I never did that at 30. I did it by as because I needed to in my profession, but I did not do it on well, a personal level. But that leads to that bifurcation there at 1B, which is there are a couple of ways to get rich slowly mm-hmm. at that at that juncture you can choose to work whatever job and save and invest well or you can choose to build a business which is has been a great way to wealth and a great way to poverty yeah. for others indeed it has because the I risks mean, are high yeah one out of whatever number of business one out of 20 businesses actually works which brings me to number two and this is really hard i think for most people because they don't understand about what they can control and what they cannot. And, and number two is control what you can. That's, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, that's actually, there's a lot packed into that. Control what you can. Because inside that is a lot that you could learn about. Because there, we sit around worrying and trying to deal with things we can't control. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Hey, welcome back. We're talking about how to get rich. Not how to get rich quick. We don't believe you can do that unless you get really, really lucky. Yeah, no, you can do it. It's luck, though. Yeah, it's luck. It's pure luck. We can't tell you how to be lucky. Good luck. Wish we could. We can wish you luck, but we can't tell you how to do it. If we could do it, we would make ourselves lucky. And heck, heck with you. Uh, but we can tell you some ways that have been proven successful to get rich slowly. And Tom's got three of them. The second one being focus on what, now listen to this very carefully, focus on what you can control. What can you control and what can't you control? Well, part one is, of course, when it comes to money, you can save something we know very a large number of americans save nothing nothing and they've saved nothing for emergencies they've saved nothing for the long term for their retirement etc so saving something and then when you save it and investing vest it you can do it cheaply you can do it inexpensively you could do it expensively but everything we know says the more you hand out to people that run mutual funds or exchange traded funds the less you end up with and then here's the other part. You can, learn, <laughs> this is really hard. You can learn to figure out how to fit your emotions in with the ups and downs of the economy, the markets, et cetera. I'll give you a, a real life example 
because we have someone who became a client eh, somewhere around the first part of the year, came into some money, invested it, and it's still down considerably. And they are unhappy. They're like, well, why did you do this? What happened? What went wrong? Well, nothing went wrong. This is simply yeah, part of investing your the money market in capital did markets. what it does. Right. And it does that. It's good. There, it isn't always, if it was just going to go straight up, folks, it wouldn't make you 9, 10% a year. It, would, it just can't happen. So, you know, ignoring the short term and, you know, looking, being able to look out to the long term. Those are huge. And that is a big part of controlling what you can. And then here's the part that I love because <laughs> people think personal finance, is all about math, but it really isn't. Personal finance, the number three, is is not all math. It is about knowing yourself. It is about understanding what your interests are, especially when it comes to retirement. And it is, as I just said a moment ago, being able to find a place for your emotions that separates them from your money because we know people make many, many, they're making them now. People are selling out of stock funds. Every, I read it every week, the amount of money that's being sold from stock funds because stocks went down, Don, give me my money back. That's a tragic mistake that we see repeated over and over. So it's not just about math. There's many other parts of personal finance. I, exactly. And and it, as a matter of fact, I think there, math is the least the least of our, uh, our concerns when it comes to managing money. The math can all be done by your calculator. We're here to talk about the, the facts, the studies, the evidence, and the, the emotions in controlling those. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. I'm not seeing a call on my screen. Oh, well, Did I got one here that says Craig. Mm -hmm. some, yep. Oh, I got a different thing. Okay, it's right yep. here. I was on the wrong feed. Hey, Craig, welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What's up, Craig? Okay. Hey, uh, so I'm formerly a Puyallup, now living up in the mountains. I met with Tom a couple of times and uh, with his son, and you guys have had a a huge positive influence on, on my investing. So thank you so much. I love what you guys do. Um, so I heard you, uh, talk about AVGE and I hadn't heard of it either. <laughs> and, and, uh, it, it's pretty exciting. I mean, I put the top 10 holdings and honestly, seven of them are already in my brokerage. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where the question comes in. I, now I heard, uh, you know, Don, you were talking about, uh, tax loss harvesting VT and replacing it with this. Yep. Um, I'm, I've already done quite a bit of tax loss harvesting this year, uh, you know, for good or bad. Um, but I'm curious. I'm more concerned about that 44% of AVUS that gives me, I think, more exposure than I like to the U.S. You know, S&P 500 kind yep. of thing. And yep. and uh, if I were gonna, you know, if I were gonna skimp anywhere, it would probably be there. Um, but I have two questions. One. If I don't need the money right now, do I really need to, uh, you know, if I if I want to throw it into my brokerage and just have it complement what I've already got and then just start dollar cost averaging into that instead of the individual ones and then maybe next year kind of rebalance and, and see where, you know, where has it put me over in a certain area and where is it not? Do I, do you, does it make sense to switch some things out right now or just add it to the portfolio? And then the second piece is, um, you know, I, I'm pretty aggressive in our Roth IRAs, uh, all value, mostly small cap value, but there's also VTI. Would this be a fair replacement for VTI in your mind in a Roth or is it too conservative? 
Let's go back first and explain yeah. what because we yeah, we threw a lot it. of letters out there. Yeah. Uh, so a gotcha. I forget it now. You you what is what is the uh, Avantis Global Fund? It's the A V V G E. Yeah. Okay. So this is one exchange traded fund, and the idea here is you hold one fund, not unlike what we talk about at Vanguard, where you hold V T that holds a global right. basket of stocks. The difference is with A V G E. A-V-G-E. No, I couldn't help myself. Here. Uh, the, the difference is that this is sort of tilting, if you will. It holds more small, more value companies. Than and as he would, mentioned, it tilts just, more U.S. Exactly. So, and so, okay, so that, that's what we're talking about. And mm-hmm. your question kind of is, in my mind, Craig, and, and thank you for your kind words, is should you continue to hold a variety of funds that hold all these asset classes or simply move out to the one fund that holds them all? Am I hearing that correctly? Uh, to a degree. I mean, I, I still, I, my largest holding in my brokerage is AVUV. So I'm very aggressive on the yeah, small cap value and the large cap value. And, and so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't just go to this, but I would use it to complement the other ones to, well, uh, you know, to kind of meet a and here's, finance. Here's goal. what I personally am doing. As you said, I wanted to take a big tax loss on, on uh, VT. I had a nice tax loss on VT. So I sold VT and I bought AVGE. Now, what I will do is I start tweaking the portfolio from a balance standpoint is picking up a little bit more international exposure to flesh that out of it. But and I what AVGE has how much in the U.S.? I, uh, I'm going to have to pull it up again because the last time I looked at it was when we did the show. Craig Mountain week. Man, how much? You already sounds like I think you already he said knew. 44. Yeah, I think you had said it was 70 30. Yeah, I think I said that. it was 70 30. Right. That sounds right. I really, I, I, you know, I like it sort of as a base. That's what I was saying, is I would use this as a base for a portfolio to make it simpler and then add a few things along the margins. Your real life and real future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Yeah, I checked uh, the event, the Avantis All Equity Markets ETF, AVGE. It is running right at 7228, 72% US, 72% US stocks. International. Yeah, which is, I'd, I'd rather see you, if you had to do this, I'd, I'd rather see you closer to 60% US, 40% well, right international. Now, the, the international, the US international ratio is about 60 40. Yeah, I mean, but here's even, and you made a good point, because I said if you want to match that, then 60-40, but you raise a very good point, and that is the fact that the U.S. markets have vastly outperformed international really since the crisis of 08-09. Which is why I would rather be a bit contrarian. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. The the joke is, we say this all the time, you know, only buy the stocks that go up. Well, there's a problem. We don't know know which those are. We only know them after they have gone up. And the thing we do know is that the U.S. has, as bad as it is, has gone up more than the international stocks. We also know that over time. Recently. 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 Over the past couple of decades. um, We also know that over, well, 15 years. 2008. So what is that? That's about 15. Okay. Yeah. But we do know from the past that they have, international stocks have tended to do almost as well. And they've also acted as a wonderful cushion in times when the U.S. market performs horribly. Not always, but in the past they have. So. And this, by the way, gets back to Ed Craig, and I know Craig 
loves this stuff. We're just talking about people that really get into it. He is somebody who has and done a great job, and he likes spending the time on it. If I, if you're just trying to do it simply, you just own the one fund. It's going to give you the globe pretty well, and you're okay. You don't got to mess around with it. And so, I talk I about this and do this for a living. I once was a stockbroker. <laughs> I've been a talk yeah. show about money forever, and I want simple. Yeah, I, I make crave a good point. simple. Rather well, let a bunch rebalance it for me. Not just for you, but whoever inherits your portfolio exactly. as well. So exactly, I and sense. I am All getting right. old now. I'm getting old. Oh, I don't have to be old to pass away anymore. We certainly know that. Okay, uh, how about a question? Have, wait, wait. Here? Have we ever needed to be old to pass away? No, no. That's no. Yeah. Yeah. but you think about it more when you. It's more right, likely. Yeah. It's anyway. Anyway, what you got? You got a topic. question for me? Or, or, I got a question. This one comes from Ron in beautiful Shelton, Washington. The subject. I haven't heard this in a long time either, by the way. I don't know why. Uh, Forex trading. What is your take on this? Should I invest in this? This from Ron in Shelton. Um, Forex trading. F-O-R-E-X. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's foreign, foreign, foreign currency trading. Yes, sir. Foreign mm-hmm. currency Yeah, I know. I, I know if you bet it all on the U.S. dollar this year, you're pretty you, much you a rich really person. Well. You did really, rich, really get well. Rich quick. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you bet it all at the beginning of the season on the uh, – uh, Las Vegas Raiders, you, you haven't done well so far. Season, season. ain't over yet. Hey, maybe you're right. You know, but you notice what <laughs> pretty the, much, what, but not all the way. <laughs> what was the what was the operative word in both of those comments? Mm, good you, point. If you if you in, if you put your money on the U.S. dollar, you bet your money on the U.S. dollar, yep. you did well. If you bet your money on the British pound, you didn't Ukraine do so dollar. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, rubles. Eh, rubles have been all over the place. You never know. Yep. This is not the, the key word is not invest. It's not investing. It's a hundred percent gambling. You are trying to pick a winner. You are not buying something. Does the dollar wait? Actually, this is a really good. There's a really good uh, metaphor. Does has the dollar grown more valuable over time or less valuable over time? The recent time? Last hundred years. Less uh, do- valuable. Does because? a dollar does inflation? Right. It's simply so if it you're doesn't buying buy as much dollars, as it did hundred years ago, no question. Yeah. You, so you right. can't invest in dollars. This is the way you need to think about it. You cannot go out and invest. I'm gonna buy the dollar because I think it's gonna go up long term. No. You don't think it's going to go up long term. I'm going to buy the pound because I think it's going to go up long term. No, wait, it hasn't It's gone down long term. Oh, you're going to buy the dollar because you think it's going to go up short term. And we just talked about this at the top of the show about getting rich slowly, getting rich fast. Sure, if you made a great bet on something, bet. You could. It could happen. But the likelihood, as we know, and I think the numbers on Forex trading of people, the percentage of traders that make money. Small. It's pretty small. Small. <laughs> it's pretty and small. almost all of them are making money on on, on, on arbitrage. They, they are moving such huge amounts of money that making a penny or two a trade is worthwhile. But for individuals like us, you, you can't make big money on Forex. Tom and Don are talking real money. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Talking Real Money. I'm your host, Don McDonald, along with your other host, Tom Cock, and we are here to help you make money. 
855-935-TALK is our phone number, 855-935-8255. Our other goal, though, and this is one of our biggest goals, and it really should be one of your biggest goals, and that is find a way to enjoy the best possible retirement. And that means saving and investing money so that you can retire when you want, the way you want. However, we tend not to be really good at that. So when things are doing, when when the economy is doing well, the market's doing well, like before COVID, people went, oh, I'm just going to retire right now. I'm not going to work anymore. I'm going to retire. Well, now, apparently, their to- retire near retirees' tunes are changing, Tom. Ain't whistling the same song anymore, Don. Uh, because here's a number, $1 million in a retirement account two years ago. Yeah. It's yeah. worth, worth about $120,000 less when adjusted for inflation. Uh-huh. You mentioned something yeah. about the dollar not being worth as much. And therefore, according to the survey, a quarter of Americans say they're expecting to delay their retirement due to those rising costs. They quote one guy says, uh, I like a good steak every now and then, but that's just plumb out of the question because you can't afford to buy that. You have to buy what you have to and hope that you have enough to pay your bills. Well, and not only that, that that million dollar portfolio, it's down 120 due to the buying power, buying power. But wait a minute. What about the other stuff? Like like the the, stock market being down, bonds being down. Mm hmm. Very unique here to have both of them declining substantially. In fact, I just looked at those numbers. 100% stock portfolio, global portfolio down 20.4% here to date. Meanwhile, those intermediate term government bonds down 14.5% year to date. So stinky, worse, worse stink than the smoke. Um, so what do you do here? Because if you are one of those people that has decided, well, it's just too expensive. There's too much uncertainty. You know, I don't think I can retire. I mean, what do I, we tell people? I am I am not opposed to delaying retirement. As a matter of fact, I believe unless you have a back-breaking, sweat-inducing, miserable job that truly you, that you truly suffer through, that waiting for a while is good for everybody. It's good for the economy. It's probably better for you. It's going to give you the chance to build up more wealth. It's going to give you the chance to for Social Security to grow a ah, lot. You should more. have made that one. You should have made that one first, not last. Well, but but the, the emotional stuff, the the personal stuff, part yeah. of it. I, I really put I a lot of I put a lot of weight on that because I think about my situation, and I know my job is. You guys think I'm just sitting around talking into a microphone. But That's what you do. There, I do that. There's other stuff involved, but <laughs> okay. uh, but. Most of us have, many of us, I don't know if it's most, but many of us have jobs that we really don't mind. So why not do it for a couple of years? You know, when we get to be this age, a couple of years goes by like that. Well, there's that. Yeah. I mean, here's another thing to think about, because right now, and I'm not going to list all of them because it's painful, but you got still in some ways winding down the pandemic, right? You still got a war in Europe. Interest rates are going have gone i mean we don't i mean you got to assume they're going to give us another 0.75 percent increase in november and keep bludgeoning us to death and then on top of that there's a pretty like good likelihood that we're either in a recession or headed into a recession 
Yeah, okay, I'm going to give that one a possibility. And the bear market thing, et cetera, et cetera. There's all those things. But here's the reason I I poo-poo that a bit when it comes to retirement planning. Because people all the time, what about, you know, the risk of the market? Your retirement isn't going to last one year. It shouldn't, two years, hopefully not. It should last, I don't know, hopefully 20 years. So to think about where you are today and say, well, I can't retire today because of X. Well, X will be Y in a couple of years. Then it'll be Z and then... it will change. It's not always going to be And then the world ends way. when we get to Z because there are no more letters to go to. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, this is going to be like the, yeah. the computers in 1999. It, it, honestly, that is it. When we have plan X and then Y and Z and, and, and there is nothing left, that is literally, it's, it's in Revelations. That's the apocalypse. It's the letter of the beast. Can I go back to plan B then? Is that okay? Is that all right? Go to plan A. Start with A. Give us some time. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Trying to help you deal with money and life a little bit better. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And getting your Financial questions answered has never been easier. No radio show in the history of humanity has ever made it easier. No podcast in the entire annals of mankind has ever made it simpler to ask a question. Because, well, like most shows, you can just call us live when we're on the radio from noon to 2 Pacific time, 3 to 5 Eastern. But we have a secret formula. You can ask us questions a variety of ways. First, you can go to TalkingRealMoney.com, and on the contact form, you can type a question, which we don't like, or you can speak your question, which we do like, and we'll answer it on a future show or podcast. Or you don't like that that newfangled computer thing, you just don't want to deal with that there computer, well, just use that telephonic device you got, you know, that that, that that dial rotary phone you still got at the house? You just dial 855-935-8255 and you leave your question 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then we take that question and just like magic, we do this. Hello, man. This is Mark from Chicago and I appreciate all the knowledge you guys give because I am trying to DIY this investing thing through your guidance. Uh, I have a little game I want to play if you guys would uh, help me out with this. Because I know you've made comments before, such as, hey, REITs do not belong in a brokerage account. So um, I'm going to name my six accounts, and if you could just tell me brokerage, retirement, or both, (laughs) slash either. Okay, so ITOT, is that just retirement? Is debt? Oh, man. Oh, this, oh, <laughs> oh, I said, there's Wait, a pa- I think he, okay. There's a pause there. He never he named an them. Or he both. named one. Slash either. He named one. Okay. So I D O T total U S. Total U S. Uh, is that just retirement? No. Okay. No, that you could own that in. You could yeah. own that in. Well, let's account. clear this up. Stocks are okay. There isn't yeah. a just retirement or just brokerage necessarily, or just Roth. The reason we don't suggest REITs. We don't say don't own them. Let's say, for example, you had no tax-advantaged accounts whatsoever. None. Like an IRA or 401k. Yeah, you had no IRA. You had no 401k. You didn't have any of those things. 
We would suggest you own REITs in your brokerage account to yeah, balance we know your portfolio. Else to own them. There's nowhere else to own them. So it and really, let's explain why we don't like REITs generally in a brokerage generally. account because because the the dividends they pay, which is, I think is they're required to shell out like ninety percent of them every mm-hmm. year, they mm-hmm. can't retain any, and that's tax inefficient. It's better to own those in an IRA. Where it doesn't matter what happens inside of that. They can pay anything you like until you take the money out and pay no tax on it. So right. it just makes better sense. And, and then we, we suggest the more aggressive vehicles in your taxable account, too, because they tend to grow more. Uh, but you want your more tax-efficient. Basically, the, the rule of thumb is the more tax-efficient the investment, the more likely that should be in your brokerage account, the less Give us tax another efficient. example. He doesn't have any. No, I'm asking you for one. Tax another tax efficient investment ETFs. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Good. Yeah, they're incredibly municipal tax municipal bonds. Municipal bonds. You do not want to own those in a in a in a tax advantage. I still account. see it. I still see it. You see municipal yeah, bonds in a people brokerage come account. In the do- yes, they do. Yeah, Wait, I'm I gonna... have to ask you a question now. Then. Yeah. Okay. Did they do this themselves, or did their no, broker do it? Their broker did this. You've got to be kidding really got to be pretty uneducated to put. You've a got municipal to be bond. kidding me. No, I've seen it. I've, they've walked in the door. That's bloody malpractice. Like, it literally is. I mean, you're just getting less interest. Well, tax. What idiot would do that? I don't. know. I want to know the, the name. Maybe of that because idiot. the future looks brighter in in municipal bonds and at that moment I, than it did in government bonds. I don't. I, I just want to talk to that guy. Eight five five nine three five talk is our number. You can call in and leave us questions that ended up a little short, like that one, or you can call us live <laughs> right now, as Bob just did. Hello, Bob. Thanks, Welcome Bob. to the show. Hello there. Hey, Bob. I, what's uh, up? Wanted to ask a question about dividends. Stock. Is it a good idea? You want that one or you want me to take it, Tommy? Well, okay, but let's, t- I mean, <laughs> do we own them? Yes. yes. Do we do- go out and buy them specifically? No. no. Dividend paying stocks feel like people think they're getting some trick, like I'm buying companies that pay a greater dividend or the yield is higher than most. Most of the time that has to do with the price decreasing. And remember, if you just try to buy them specifically, you're eliminating a lot of companies that do not pay a dividend. So dividend-paying stocks as a strategy to sort of beat the market or make more, I don't think is a great one, Don. No, and and here's the, here's a really great reason why. Let's say, well, for example, Apple doesn't pay a very big dividend. Nope. Because Apple believes they can invest their earnings and make you more money than handing it to you to go buy a car or, or pay your rent or invest it in some other mutual fund. Apple believes they can make you more money. Be- and guess what? They've been right. Yeah, they've made it work. They've made yeah. it work. Um, companies that are kind of out of ideas, that are getting a little old and um, stodgy, you know, their earnings are coming in and they're going, well, what do we do with them? Okay, let's give them to shareholders. Uh, yeah, some- I just looked, by the way, because... I just went through my taxes, <laughs> so I just looked at the dividends that I got on my taxable accounts. It was a little over two percent on the stock part. Yeah, so you're going to get dividends anyway. Yeah, right. Yep. But you don't want and again and again if you're going after dividend paying stocks, then what you're doing is you're focusing your portfolio on just one very small segment of the market. And generally speaking, those are companies that are not likely to give you growth 
they'll give you that income stream maybe, but remember, sometimes that income stream is drawing down the company's cash reserves and really putting some of them in trouble. So unless you know how to read a balance sheet really well and you then keep up with it, this is not a game you want to play. You want to you want and everybody wants to do this because they think they can get that bigger income from their portfolio. Well, and and I just read this. I was trying to find it uh, that there's still people that believe dividend high dividend paying stocks are a good substitute for bonds. fixed income mm-hmm. bonds. And that, that is such a ridiculous notion. There is no comparison between a piece of paper issued by the U.S. government with a guarantee on it versus a stock which has no such guarantee. The dividend isn't guaranteed. None of that is guaranteed. So please do not call that is not a comparison in any sense of the word when it comes to investing. Absolutely no way. And here's what we believe. We believe to get an income off of your portfolio, you don't try to buy things that create income streams. No, you use the total return of your portfolio. Stock uh, your, uh, stock dividends, income from uh Bonds and the like. All the stuff. Even yep. some of your capital gains from time to time. That's right. You use those to fund your lifestyle. A total return strategy, we believe, and, to re- and the evidence. Rebalance. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the evidence, no, that's exactly the evidence right. supports it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the yeah. risks are so much lower because you've got this massive amount of diversification. So yeah. no, we would not well put. we would not go chasing down dividend paying stocks. Never have, never will. 855-935 talk, 855-935-8255. Call us. We want to help you deal with your dough better than you ever have before. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. For those of you who have never heard Paul Merriman speak in person, you've missed a real treat. A a gifted speaker, incredibly knowledgeable and all those years of experience. Come out and hear him in person in Bellevue battling the bear. Yeah, I'll be sharing the stage with him. That is Saturday, the 5th of November. It's a very small nominal cost. Learn more by going to TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on classes at TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.